This podcast replay is brought to you by RedRecover.com. From NFL stars like Hayden Hurst to daily warriors like yourself, their wraps and pads are designed to deliver maximum benefits with each treatment anywhere you go. And welcome back to our typical, usual Wednesday, 9 a.m. RedRecover.com inside the paint show. I'm Ira Winderman from the South Florida Sun Sentinel here in Fort Lauderdale. He's Kurt Heelan from Pro Basketball Talk, NBCSports.com, out in the Los Angeles area. If you missed our first segment, we were talking about the heat, the play-in, what might happen, what might not happen. Fascinating radio. You can catch that on any podcast outlet for the Big O Show. Big O will be back at the top of the hour from the Combine in Indianapolis. He will give you a player-by-player rundown on all of the first 32 picks in the NFL draft, so you want to stay tuned for that. If not, you can email Kurt. He'll give you his thoughts as well, or at least on his uh, L.A. teams out there. But we'll (laughs) stick to basketball in this segment. We're going to go to the chat board, which means the reading glasses, because all of a sudden I got so much, I got to go to the tiny print here. So, Kurt, I'm going to throw some of these out there, sort of get your thoughts right here on some of the thoughts from our listeners to extreme or regular here. It says, did anybody notice how quickly Bam crumbled when he's up against an actual player like Joel Embiid? I'm going to take this a different direction, because this is something, Kurt, I answered to my Ask Ira mailbag this morning at sunsentinel.com. Bam has struggled against Nikola Jokic before the uh, All-Star break. Struggled to a degree against Brooke Lopez after the All-Star break. You could see his offense wasn't there. He had to work so much defensively against Joel Embiid on Monday night. From a distance, Kurt, do the Heat need to get to a point where they consider Bam as more of a power forward? In other words, each of the three guys I just mentioned to you, Jokic, Brooke Lopez, and Joel Embiid, are three of the biggest big bodies in the NBA. You don't get that ma- those matchups a lot anymore, but you do at times. Are the Heat asking too much of Bam Adebayo to give up 20, 30, 40 pounds, two, three, four inches, and do this 82 times a season? Well, the thing is, he doesn't have to do it 82 times a season. Like you said, they don't do it very often. But most teams have a big body at the end of the bench just for this or just for a theoretical playoff scenario because it's going to wear on him, right? Like you need somebody out there to soak up 15 minutes of Joel Embiid, even if Joel's, look, he's he's an MVP level player. He's going to score on on Bam. He's going to score on whoever you roll out there. But if somebody can take the physical pounding for a little bit and, and ease things for Bam, it helps. You can't ask Bam to play 40 against Joel Embiid or 36 or whatever. It's just, I don't think that's a reasonable ask, is it? No, it isn't. And something fascinating has happened in the NBA since the trade and buyout deadline. I didn't see this coming. One is out here in the East. One is out there in the West for you. I thought the age of the Zellers and the Plumleys (laughs) was over. I thought the hulking big man, we've spoken about this on redrecover.com inside the paint for, you know, ad nauseum, how it's a different league right now. You need the agile center. Kurt, does it surprise you how Cody Zeller here has really helped the heat? Yeah. And even for the Clippers, and we saw some of this, you know, last night on national television and Plumlee, what he's done for the Clippers. Is there actually a place for a lumbering big man in the NBA? Cody Zeller chased down block on Embiid. Of course, there's room for uh, that. Was I think there is though? I think just for the reason you said that there are certain teams who, if you're going to be a 
seven foot plus lump, you know, big, big man, a more traditional big man. And there aren't many of them in the league anymore. You still need somebody to counter that. There's the guys who play regularly, the MBs, the Jokic's, whatever, like, like Brooke Lopez. They're gifted players. They can step out. They can do all this other stuff. Uh, you know, Jokic and his passing. But you still need a body out there. Plumlee really – it's – I was at that game last night. Ty Lue is throwing everything against the wall just to see yes. what sticks because it's they're a brand-new team still. But I think my favorite part of that game was Plumlee drew a foul on um, Rudy Gobert with a pump fake. And I'm up on media roll. We cracked up. And, like, Lawrence Frank, the GM's about four seats down from us. We're, like, looking at him like, you got him for the pump fake, right? Like, you, you brought in – it was hysterical. Um, but those guys – yeah, I think that there's a role for those guys in a limited spot, and they kind of know it. They kind of know they're mercenaries now, that they're going to bounce around, but there's a spot for them if they're a competent big body. You know what? And I'll say this, because you and I have spoken ad nauseum on RedRecover.com about players taking load management. Certainly the Clippers are a prime example of that. We've spoken about the players who play only sometimes, which is why the Heat have had some of these horrible losses. The one thing about Cody Zeller and Plumlee that they have together is they work. They're there. They'll throw their body out there. They'll do the dirty work. Cody, with a year away from the game after that leg injury in Portland, comes back playing as hard as he can. Doesn't care about fouls. Doesn't care about minutes. He's throwing it all out there. And I just think that sometimes that's what you need during the regular season in the NBA is just a guy willing to work. So I find that interesting. Um, Two Extreme then comes back and talks about how the Heat, you don't know who they are. Chris uh, C. Dollar says, hey, the Heat beat Joel Embiid last year in the seven-game series. Uh, Two Extreme comes back and said, yeah, Joel Embiid missed two games with a broken face. Let me ask you this, Kurt Heelan. We talked in our first segment about the Heat want to get to six, likely a series against the Sixers. They're up 1-0 right now in the best of three regular season series played tonight at Miami Dade Arena. Is there a roadmap? When you're doing your playoff previews at Pro Basketball Talk, and you're doing Heat versus 76ers, and you're making your predictions, and you're doing your why the Sixers can win, why the Heat can win. What would your roadmap of a Heat playoff win against the 76ers entail? Peak Jimmy Butler for all, let's say, six, seven games. I, I imagine this series goes a while. Um, you're going to need really good Jimmy Butler through all of it. You're going to need some hot Tyler Hero nights or somebody else. You know, somebody, somebody. I'm going to say Tyler because he's the most likely candidate. Maybe it's Gabe. Maybe it's somebody. Somebody's got to light you up for a night and get you 35 and, and have hit 10 threes. And then you've got to think you're going to need a little help. Joel Embiid is an MVP candidate. You need him if he doesn't miss time to have an off night. You need James Harden to be James Harden. You need Doc Rivers to get stuck in one of his loops um, right. you're going to need a little help but there is a map there is a i think a more reasonable path than against the bucks or celtics to get through because i just think they were a more flawed team especially in the playoffs especially yeah, no, i agree i mean I you, get to the, you get to the second it, game it, against you get to game seven against james harden or game six he could melt yes or against doc rivers or you throw the zone out there and you wind up just being a little different yeah. I think you'd agree that you Eric Spolstra could outcoach Doc Rivers in a oh, yeah. one-game winner-take-all game. We sort of saw that in game six last year against Philadelphia. C. Dollar chimes in. I'm not going to use the nickname that Big O uses for Kyle Lowry. I'll leave that to others. But he says, I hate to say it, Big O, but we need Kyle. 
I think that he do. I, I think what we've seen from Gabe Vincent, he had a good game Monday against Philadelphia, but he sort of is what he is. The Heat also don't have a lot of depth at point guard and playmakers. I'm going to throw one at you right now. I know you haven't seen that much of him, but he's been around there. The Chicago Bulls, because they added Patrick Beverly, decided to waive and set free Gore on Dragic so he can yep. get minutes somewhere. I, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot here. I do this with scouts sometimes, and they're very honest, and they just tell me I haven't seen the player. Do you think Goran has any game left? Not much. Or okay. Not, I mean, not much. Look, that's a team in Chicago without Lonzo Ball, desperate for help with the point guard, and they weren't playing him. That's I have again. I don't think we've I've seen much of him, but that's a really bad sign. I mean, they're going with Cody White, and they're going and getting Pat Beverly. Um, it's a sign that there's not a lot there that said, I think it becomes a question of, and, and I know you wrote about this, like, who are you letting go? Yurts of in, are you, are you letting Highsmith go? Like, is that a trade-off you'd be willing to make? Well, and the crazy thing is, and again, I almost feel like I'm doing it mean spirited because since thank you, by the way, for clicking is I also mentioned Udonis Haslam in that list. And it's just a weird situation that you can add insurance at point guard for someone who never plays, but there's no way that Udonis Haslam, in season 20 is going out that way. So you can't do that. You have Highwood Highsmith under contract at the minimum for next season. In a year, you're going to be into the tax where value players make a difference. So you can use someone like that. You have Omar Yurtsevin, who's going to go in. You have his bird rights. He's restricted. You can control his market, unless you say, hey, the Cody Zeller thing is real. But you can always use depth to the center. So I think the Heat roster is sort of an interesting place where you might be able to make that move, but you're sort of limited by what you have and thinking about the future. To me, folks, and this is something, and feel free to chime on this, this is where I think the Heat have lost their way this season. You have a 36, 37-year-old point guard in Kyle Lowry. You have a 33-year-old floor leader with Jimmy Butler. And yet it seems there's so many yin-yang moves when the Heat is weighing its future while also living in the moment. And I believe when you have a team, sort of like the Clippers, with Kawhi and Paul George, that's win now. You play to win the game now. You take chances on older players. You live in the moment. Look, Russell Westbrook could be an utter flop. But you're trying to get Kawhi and Paul George to that finish line while they still have something in them. When I look at the Miami Heat, I'm saying, wait a minute. Are you playing for Jimmy and Kyle? Are you playing for Tyler and Bam? Are you playing to save against the tax now to go into the tax later? Are you trying to get cheaper players for the future because you want to be able to build around those guys? Are you not willing to trade Tyler in the offseason? I think they're caught in between. I think Goran Dragic would be perfect for Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler, after losing P.J. Tucker, after not seeing a major, any gain, honestly, at the trading deadline when people thought that he could make, make a gain, I just wonder how Jimmy Butler's going to react when they go to, you know, Jimmy, you're right, Goran. And, and again, these guys are friends. He talks about it all the time when they were there. You guys are friends, but uh, we're going to protect Haywood Highsmith instead. We're going to protect Omar Yurtsevin instead. And I can imagine the eye roll. And to me, and I was talking to someone with the Heat about this yesterday, the ultimate FU to get Kyle Lowry's attention would be to bring back Goran Dragic and give him back his number seven, which, of course, because of, as you know, Jersey rules, yeah. something like that. But let me ask you this, Kurt. I'm going to take it out to a bigger picture here to get more of your national perspective from Pro Basketball Talk. If I told you I have a team going into the NBA playoffs, possibly to face Boston or Milwaukee 
or a chance against Philadelphia, and their entire point guard rotation is Kyle Lowry at 36 in his injury history and Gabe Vincent as the only other true point guard on the roster. What would you say about going into the playoffs just with those two? That's not enough depth and versatility. And it's it's just because I don't think you know what you can get from Kyle night tonight. You know what you're going to get from Gabe, but like you said, it kind of is what it is. Gabe is who he is. He's he's gotten as much out of what he is going to I, like. I don't want to take anything away from him. He's gotten as much out of it, but he kind of is what he is. Goran would give you the threat of something more. I don't know how much he could bring it, but we were talking earlier. Hey man, game five, when you kind of need something, Hey, suddenly yes. Goran has one of those games. Yes. You, you 14 find, points, 16 points, something that keeps he you jumps in the hot tub Jimmy time Butler. machine. Yeah. Yeah. So Jimmy Butler can go to the bench and you have offense, which they don't right now. I've done this season long screen about Jimmy Butler sitting out in the fourth quarter longer than I think. I know it's a coaching issue. It's not on Jimmy. He would get in there. He's from the Thibodeau school. He would play all the minutes. But the Heat's lack of scoring depth, lack of scoring, last in the league in scoring, I think you can see that. Anyway, I got away from the chat board here, which I always seem to do, so I don't want to let this linger because then I can't keep scrolling back. Uh, Two Extreme says um, he was talking about that how Bam is banging his chest like he wants to be defensive player of the year, but he can't challenge players like Joel Embiid. Again, it's offense, defense. You're not voting defensive player of the year based on offense, or Rudy Gobert never would have won it. My question to you, Kurt Heelan, is can you be a great defensive player, a good offensive player, and still be considered a superstar in the NBA? I don't know about superstar. I, I, I think that Rudy Gobert kind of tapped that market out where he wasn't a terrible offensive player. He's got good hands around the – well, he is this year – but he's got good hands around the rim. He did some stuff in Utah, but that's about the max I think you can do if you're all defense, no offense. I think Bam, at least with his floater game and some of the stuff he's done this year, has shown a, has shown more offensive versatility, um, has shown a little depth. I think he is capable of taking another step. Um, and by the way, defensively, nobody stops Joel Embiid. Yeah, yeah, that's why he's been scoring. That's That's why he's been right at the top of the league all season. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, that guy is where he is for a reason. Yeah, and and again, now here's another one I had on the chat board. And again, this has been mentioned by a few there, C. Dalla, among others. The scenario I just gave you that he's looking to the future and the Bam-Tyler era when the Jimmy-Kyle era ends. And the thought on the chat board here is, can you win in the NBA with Bam Adebayo as your best player? I think that's fascinating. So, Kurt Heelan, you're seeing in the East, leading men, Jason Tatum's going to be with the Celtics for a while. We assume Joel Embiid will be with the Sixers for a while, although that can get a little janky. We'll talk about that in our last segment here on RedRecover.com, Inside the Paint. Giannis has been nothing but loyal to the yes. Milwaukee Bucks. So if the Heat do foresee a future where Bam Adebayo is their best player, what say you, Kurt Heelan, about their overall outlook taking that type of approach? I don't think I, and I love Bam. I think he's a two, not a one. I don't think he is the best player on a championship or, or even deep playoff run team. He doesn't create for himself. Um, you've got Tyler who can do some of that, but I still think you would need either an elite wing or elite guard to be the primary shot creator and score. Bam can play off of that and then bring you defense, but I don't think he's a number one on a championship team. 
And I wanna, I'm going to set up a little teaser segment here because I heard that's what radio people do. And we'll, we'll come back with it after some quick <laughs> comments from Kurt Heelan on redrecover.com inside the paint. People are talking about the future of the Miami Heat. Name that's going to keep coming up, might even play him in the play around is Bradley Beal. He was very good against Atlanta last night. We keep hearing in Portland about Damian Lillard. I'm not going anywhere. Stop it. I'm going to be blazer for life. I tend to believe Damian Lillard is more likely to play his entire career in Portland than Bradley Beal play his entire career in Washington. Agree or disagree, Kurt Heelan? Absolutely agree. And I, I know some people closer to Dame. Um, he genuinely it, he genuinely plans to play this thing out. I, I genuinely – I mean, I don't want to say things never change, but I would be surprised if, at this point if Damian Lillard leaves Portland. A year or two ago, I would have thought differently. They're paying him to stay. He loves it there. He wants to go down right. this way. I'm not sure just, – just from his public comments, Bradley Beal wavers more about this. He genuinely thinks about – the how much greener the grass will be in a way that Damien just doesn't. And, and, I, and I agree with that. And I, I, I think Bradley Beal, there have been other faces of the Wizards during Bradley Beal's time there. There's been John Wall there. There was a Westbrook period. They've got in other directions where, I mean, from the get-go, the Blazers from the moment almost he was drafted, I know C.J. McCollum had a nice run, but the Blazers have been Damian Lillard's team. It's been the Damian Lillard era. I'm not so sure you could say that a Bradley Beal era and then here's the teaser no. I want to get to, and then we'll go to break real quick. If the 76ers crash and burn, we've already heard Joel Embiid talk about possibly heading somewhere else. Could you see Joel Embiid pulling a Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving if the 76ers do not, for the first time in his career with the Sixers, make the Eastern Conference Finals? Could you, th- could you see Joel Embiid sort of push-pulling and maybe trying to get out of Philly? If – he feels management like if he's got, if he's struggling with Harden and feels that management there isn't behind him. Yeah, actually, I think he's I think he's the kind of guy who could just get fed up and and almost like a Kevin Garnett, just like that's it, I'm out of this. And then my last question on this segment is, and if you were the Miami Heat, would you put Bam Adebayo in a package considering age and injury history for Joel Embiid? To win now, yes. Yeah, Joel's just. I'm, I'm surprised you're even hemming and hawing. And I'm going to stop you right there because I want to continue this conversation after this break because the Heat do host the 76ers tonight. So I'm going to let you feed the dog, marinate on that. And we'll be back after this break on redrecover.com inside the paint. 